Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's On a Saturday, it's All Even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and wherever you find your podcasts available. What a beautiful Saturday it is. Lots to get into. NFL news. We have the Urban Meyer situation. We have more moving parts in houston i have my good friend brandon edwards coming on the show today for phone a friend that's going to be very interesting because me and him go back and forth so you know we'll see if he behaves himself today (laughs) and then the greatest segment on the planet dummy of the week so let's just jump right into it you know sometimes in relationships things can go well or things can go pretty bad or you can just be able to just part ways amicably because Both of you guys have grown individually and grown apart. J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans are in that phase, that amicable phase, where they tried to make things work. He was there for a long time, and now he wants to go elsewhere. He wants to see if he can be able to compete for a championship in the last remaining years of his career. And the Texans obliged. They said, okay. You've done right by us. We're going to do right by you. But you have some people that are not happy with this because it's like, oh, well, how did J.J. Watt end up getting his requests honored, but Deshaun Watson can't get out of Houston? They're two different situations. They're on two different arcs in their careers. J.J. Watt is on the tail end of his Hall of Fame career, and Deshaun Watson is... At the start of his. So they're not the same. J.J. Watt has so much mileage and and goodwill within this organization. His philanthropy work outside of football. He's done so much for the game and outside of it that you're going to honor that man's request. Not saying Deshaun Watson won't be able to get there, but he ain't there yet. And also... He's getting paid $39 million. They don't want to get rid of their quarterback. They love Deshaun Watson. They hope that they can be able to repair the relationship. So it's not the same dynamic. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I get it. But there's some times, boy, where, you know, you talk to certain people who think that they're sports fans. They think that they know everything. And it's just like, you don't understand this one. So just bow out. 
it's not it's not for you <laughs> this is this conversation here it's over your head so just stop and this is one of those they're not the same thing where jj watt lands that's a different story does he land with his brother in pittsburgh that's a dumpster fire over there right now i don't know if he wants to go over there although tj's there we hear dallas we hear green bay so we'll see exactly where jj goes but he can go anywhere he wants he has to be able to find the right place for him hey maybe he ends up on the bucks everybody else wants to go there too right with tampa tom tampa bay so we'll see what happens but deshaun watson listen it's not the same thing and i just hope that they can be able to repair that relationship and just play football i see the texans really trying to do some good things have they made mistakes absolutely have they fell over themselves absolutely have they put their foot in their mouth absolutely but give them a chance to make it right because what i see i see an organization that is not digging in their heels and stuck in their ways they're trying and that's all you can ask for but i'm not gonna lie to you this new trend of quarterbacks wanting to ax out and you know i want more say in the organization and blah 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 like this is the nfl this ain't the nba i don't want both of the sports operating the same way i just don't i'm not into that russell wilson talking about he he wants more say in personnel decisions you took the bag you took 35 million dollars from that team yet you want more say in personnel decisions how about you give back 15 million then you can have say in personnel decisions just it's just too much to me it's just like i want the quarterbacks to be old school just think old school this is my organization i'm gonna make sure that i bring this organization to respectability that's my job my job is not to poach around for the best situation you can be able to do that in the later parts of your career if you're still playing at 35 36 37 and over the seahawks are not a bad franchise They've won a Super Bowl. They got to another one the following year. They're not a bad franchise. Have they drafted poorly since the Legion of Boom? Absolutely. Can they be able to get back on track? Absolutely. Because like I always say, franchises are cyclical. They go through their their down periods and then they have their boom periods. That's all. So, if Russell really wants to win all those commercials that he has, give back some money. Do the Tom Brady thing. If you actually want to have that type of level of dynasty. If you want to have your cake and eat it too, it ain't going to happen here. Won't happen anywhere, actually. Because quarterbacks that make a certain level of money end up hurting the team in the long run. To build a team in football, you need to have your quarterback Make a certain amount. It's just the way it is. You got guys out there that want their back. Hey, go ahead. But don't complain about winning then. Don't complain. Be happy with the 35 or $40 million you're getting. But don't complain about you having to run around all the time. And maybe the team runs the ball too much. And maybe we should change things up on offense. No, 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 no. You took the bag. You're okay with how things are going. That should have been in your negotiation tactic. Before you signed that contract, you should have been like, well, listen, I'm not going to sign this unless 
offensive things change. Because we would have saw those changes if that was the case, right? Hmm. Think about it. All of a sudden, one guy starts complaining, and then everybody's like, yeah, yeah, me, me too. I, I, I also have a problem. Get out of here with that. It's just like the dude, if you're in a movie theater, and he gets up and runs, everybody going to look at that dude, and somebody else going to run. And then everybody starts to run. They got to get this in order. Like, you can't have every year quarterbacks are just flipping teams, flipping teams. No, 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 no. It's not the way it is because if that's the case, then teams are not going to commit long-term dollars to quarterbacks anymore. You guys will mess it up for everybody else. So, just food for thought. We'll see what the hell happens in this offseason. But I'm hoping not too much at the quarterback position. Coming up after the break, phone a friend with my boy Brandon. On a Saturday, it's all even. I've had so many people tell me that Anchor is great. Anchor is this. Anchor is that. But I have to tell you, man, those people were right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why wait? Get at it now. Welcome back, y'all. So let's get to my favorite segment, Phone a Friend. Call him up, 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 call him up. Call him up, call him up. Competing for a reason, trying to stay undefeated. Yeah. Call him up, call him up, call him up. Call him up, call him up, call him up. Call him up, call him up, call him up. Game of the season, don't lie with all leaving. Yeah. Who we have on the show today is one of my good buddies. I've known him for a long time, which is pretty annoying. But um, you know, he's my brother. You know, I I love him to death. Welcome to the show, Brandon Edwards. What's going on? What's going on, brother? All right, all right. You know, I, I'm I'm just here, man. I'm just here doing the show like I do every Saturday. You know, so I, I'm I'm happy that you're here. You know, we always talk sports. It's always a a heated conversation. A lot of people hear our conversations and they say, "Do you guys hate each other?" I'm like, "Nah, that's just how we speak." You know, we we have we elevate our voices to get our points across. So it's it's all love. It's all love. Yeah, all the way. That's that's way. a fact. That's a definite fact. Yeah. So obviously, let's start with the. Super Bowl, uh, you know, a lot of people are still kind of shocked about how the game went. Not saying that, you know, the outcome uh, about who won was not a shock, but in regards to how the game was played, everybody thought that it would be a a high-powered Super Bowl, high-scoring Super Bowl, two quarterbacks duking it out. You know, maybe the defenses are not playing so well, but maybe, a, you know, a last-possession type of game would would win this game. What were your thoughts about how the Super Bowl went down? And, you know, what are your thoughts about Tom Brady's legacy in regards to what this means for him historically? Well, you know, for me, as you know, being a longtime Jet fan, I, I can't stand Tom Brady. I hate him. <laughs> hate him. My mother hates him. Like, we all hate Tom Brady. But at the end of the day, just like, you know, how I've always told you about how Kobe you know, you know how I felt about Kobe. Like, right. I didn't like him as a player. I hated him, but you got to respect talent. 
Right. And Brady just he keeps on defying the odds, man. Like he he honestly does, and it's sickening. But he just he just does what he does, and and you can't you can't take that from him. You you just can't take that from him. So looking at the game, I was really surprised because they had no answer for Todd Bowles' defense. Like literally had no answer for Todd Bowles' defense, and I felt like they didn't even make any adjustments in the second half either. Oh. And it was just it was just like. You know, like we talked about the game was just like, what kind of game is this? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you was expecting the shootout and we didn't even get that. But um, yeah, I mean, total, total domination by the Tampa Bay. And you just got to got to give your hats to him, man. Like, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, you know how I feel about Brady. I, I think Brady is a, a witch doctor. I believe that, you know, <laughs> things always tend to work out in his favor like look oh correct, yeah correct me if i'm wrong brandon like let's let's just go through the series of events that happened prior to the super bowl game right you know in the bills game they they lose their left tackle the chiefs lose their left tackle in the game right in the in the uh, afc championship game fine they get into super bowl week now they have a COVID scare right they have a COVID scare they have to go get tested and do tracing and all this stuff and Andy Reid's idiot son gets into a DUI crash and almost, you know, uh, uh, kills two children. Right. And all of these things are going on, and then they lose another tackle. And then on top of that, Patrick Mahomes has a has a toe issue. All of these things happen to the Chiefs. Nothing happened to the Bucks. I I just don't understand how this can happen. I just don't like. Listen. Granted, I, I'm going to respect Brady. He got the seven rings. Uh, cool. But it, it just feels it feels a yeah. little witch doctorish to me that yeah. these things can just be able to happen. And it never happens to Tom Brady. Bad no. things never happen to Tom Brady when it comes to football. And for me, it just feels a little bit like divine intervention. Like I'm saying like the football gods have said to him, you will never lose. It's fine. And if you do lose, we have an excuse why you lost. It's not your fault. Because even when even they when the even when the Eagles lost to uh, uh, uh beat the, the Patriots, remember, everybody put the blame on Bill Belichick for not playing Malcolm Butler, right? Right. Oh, he benched Malcolm Butler. That's the reason why he gave up so many yards. Nobody nobody put the blame on Brady because he threw for 500 yards in the game. It, it's it's never Brady's it's never his fault. fault. It's yep. never his fault. And for me, that's what bothers me about the whole brady lore like okay people want to call him the goat i don't consider him my goat because you know we had this conversation off air that i i define goat a little differently like i compare tom brady and i think you're gonna like this analogy i compare tom brady dj no to um to to uh uh tim duncan okay i because if you think about tim duncan Tim Duncan wasn't a flashy guy. There was nothing that Tim Duncan did on the basketball floor that said that made you say, man, that guy is just fantastic. Like he just, he just pops off the page, but the numbers are there and he was a leader and he gave back in regards to salary to keep the team relevant for that long. So when you compare the Patriots and the Spurs dynasties, they're very similar. They have a great coach. They have a great spearhead guy. They've won a lot. And they didn't lose that much. So it, it's it's very similar. And then you can look at Tim Duncan and say, he's the greatest power forward of all time. But we're never going to call Tim Duncan the GOAT, right? But he was one of the best players in his generation. He was 
he was a staple for winning. And the thing with me is that there's nobody that is a greater winner than Tom Brady, all because of the entire package, how he how he commands the, the respect in his locker room, how he can be able to talk to, you know, the best player on the team and also relate to, you know, the 52 guy, the, the 52nd guy on the team. Like he has that type of leadership quality. And I, I love that about him. But everybody likes to like I had a conversation on my live on, on Wednesday. I had some people in there and they were, oh, you know, Brady, you know, he can make every throw. No, he can't. No, he can't. <laughs> Brady, Brady, Brady has never been the guy to make every throw. He's never like, like he's good, but he's he's like, like I said, he's a Tim Duncan. He does not jump off the page in regards to physical talent. Yeah. It's just that when you look at the numbers, historically, he's played a, he's played a long time. He has the touchdown record. Those those are those are great accolades because it shows that he can be, you know, durable over time. That's great. But when I look at the GOAT situation, it has to be how you change the game. And for me, Brady did not change the game. He just won at an alarming rate. That, that's the whole thing with me. Like Peyton Manning changed the game. How we look at the quarterback position today is because of him. It's because of, it's because of Peyton Manning. It's not because of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to be the staple for being a professional and sacrificing salary for making your franchise better. That's, that's the legacy that he leaves. So hopefully more more quarterbacks will take that route. I doubt it, but that's his legacy. And I, I just don't I, – I don't like that GOAT conversation. People like to throw it around too much in every sport. And the, the actual real definition of GOAT is greatest of all time. So what that means is that you are the best football player or basketball player or baseball player that has ever stepped on that particular field or court. That's what it means. It doesn't – like it, it's – if you want to call him the greatest winner of all time, I will accept that. And I will, I will fight for that. You know what I mean? I will, I will definitely say, I can't argue. I can't argue right. but the GOAT conversation to me. It's just, uh, come on, come on now. I mean, I, I hear you, man. And, and like, I've been telling you, like, you got to understand too, that I feel like everybody, you know, everybody has, is always going to have a different opinion. You know what I'm saying? And, and everybody wants their opinion to be validated. Right. So, at the same time, you got to also take into context other people's views as far as how they view Brady. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that, that, like, you know, somebody who's a diehard Brady guy and has been watching him, let's just say since Michigan, is going to have a totally different opinion yes. than, you know, than, than, you know, what you just said. Now, like, you know how I feel. Like, like I don't want to call Tom the GOAT, but in my eyes, like, I just feel a person, like you said, who does not have that talent and could, could be that great of a winner to me to me to me that is goat level because he did it in in, in, a, in a way in which you know what i'm saying he didn't he didn't have the necessary talent as a pat mahomes or as a peyton manning or you know what i'm saying like you know just like athletic you know more more gifted tom brady is just he's on point he's simple he's you know what i'm saying short thinking dunk he could stretch the field a little bit not not much but you know what i'm saying He's just good. He knows how to win. He he knows how to he knows how to play to win. And you can't coach that. You can't teach that. And a lot of we see a lot of people who have a lot of athletic ability but have no IQ. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They, they they don't know how to play the game. All they know is that they're just really talented. Right. So everything has to come together full circle. And that's that's why I just believe 
I see what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying, but I also feel like the fact that he does have that less talent puts him into that GOAT status because he he did it without those physical attributes. Right, you, right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen, like I said, man, I I can agree to disagree. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's, like that's the beauty about sports is that we have our opinions and you can't fight somebody on their opinion. We, we can only argue. <laughs> we can argue numbers. We can argue numbers. We can do that. But if that's your opinion, if that's how you view the game, you know, that it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to make my case. You're going to make your case. And then we can agree to disagree. But a lot of times you'll hear somebody say, like, if I have my take, oh, no, you're, you don't know what you're, what do you mean? I do. I do know what I'm talking about. I have, I have information. I have numbers to back up what I'm saying. So I do know what I'm talking about. If you don't agree with that, that's fine. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So, but you know, my thing is this, is that the one thing I, like I said, I, I respect about Tom Brady is the fact that he sacrificed his NFL salary for, for success. And, you know, kind of segueing into what I'm going to talk about now is that you're seeing on the opposite end, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he won a Super Bowl last season. On his rookie deal this year, he was on his rookie deal, but next season that $45 million kicks in. And me and Mike Guido had a conversation that what you saw in the Super Bowl, you know, it it, it might have been just okay, you know, they had offensive line issues. Maybe they'll be able to bounce back later on. But who's who's to say that that $45 million going forward? won't put a damper on them being able to ac accumulate the talent that they need to help Patrick Mahomes stay upright. Because what I saw in that game was like, man, that's how it can possibly look in five years for him mm -hmm. because of that contract is so big. And obviously, you know, quarterbacks can be able to restructure their deals, get these things and signing bonuses or however they, they, they want to do it. But even still, you're seeing a lot of guys having the same issue with talent being put around them because of the money that they're making. Let's let, you know, Russell Wilson, you heard Russell Wilson come out the other day and say, Hey, you know, I would like to be involved more in personnel decisions. And when I heard that, I'm like, okay, now the NFL is starting to feel like the NBA, the NBA. <laughs> and I don't like it. I don't like it because if it's a running back, if it's a wide receiver, but now we're having quarterbacks trying to dictate what's going on on a 52-man roster, like, that is not, to me, that's a little stretch because here's my, here's my take, and I'm going to let you, you know, uh, you know, add on to this, Brandon, is that Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl and got to another Super Bowl the following year with him being on his rookie deal, with them having the Legion of Boom, on their rookie contracts, you know, there's certain guys that they had to pay, but they didn't have to pay everybody across the board. And that's the formula for winning, right? If you have your quarterback in their rookie deals, that's where you have to strike. That's where you can be able to make big signings and, and do this and go for it if you know that you have a talented quarterback. But Russell Wilson had a chance to say to himself, hmm, I wonder if, making $35 million is the smart thing to do if I want to continue to be relevant on the football field as a team. My numbers will always be there, 
but we don't have the line to compete. So maybe if I give some money back, they'll be able to put into the line that, you know, they've, they've always had line issues, right? But him making $35 million right now is hampering their, their ability to get talent. Like they lucked out with the, um, help me. I can't remember the wide receiver's name, the freak guy, uh, uh, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, yeah. Right. They lucked out with getting Metcalf in the draft because he wasn't supposed to drop that low. And but you look at the team, this the 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 accumulation of talent, they're not that talented. And the reason for that is because of the money that he's making. So, what is your take on a guy complaining that he doesn't have a line, but at the same time taking the bag? It it doesn't like we see, like my thing, look. Brady's winning, right? Correlates with the money that he made. Right. Because Brady has only made $25 million one time in his career. And that was this season. He's never made anything close to that. When they were winning Super Bowls, Brady was making 15 million, 16 million, $17 million. Think about that. That's an additional 18 to $20 million that the team is putting into other players. This guy's making $35 million and complaining that he doesn't have enough talent around him. That, to me, just doesn't make sense. Your thoughts? I mean, I see what you're saying, and I agree, but you know me. I'm always for the player getting their bread, especially when it comes to football. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm never going to be mad at them for, you know, for wanting their money. Yes. But, you know, like, this is how I see it. Like, after your rookie deal, you need to, you need to get the bag, right. period. Like after that, you got to get your back. After that now, then it's kind of, okay, you can do the Tom Brady thing where you, you know, where you want to, you know what I'm saying? Basically help to get the team, you know, together. So in, in that point, what I don't understand is the move that Seattle made to acquire Jamal Adams. Cause that affects their long-term flexibility is, as well as helping, you know, the rest of the roster. Because yeah. Jamal Adams, we all know he wants to get paid. Right. So if he wants to get paid, you already gave up two, what, two first-round picks two for, first for him? Two first-rounders, yeah, yeah. So you gave up two first-round picks for him. Now Russell's coming out. He wants more, you know, he wants more help on the O-line, and now you're going to have Jamal wanting to get paid. It can't go both ways, not in football. Right. So I feel like, yeah, Russell was kind of not smart for saying that, and also the organization wasn't smart for making those moves because who, who are they going to pay? So now you're going to have two disgruntled superstars on your team. You know what I'm saying? How, how are they going to put all of that together? I think that's where Pete Carroll comes in. But, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But like I said, like, yes, I, I totally agree. Like, you can't say I'm making 35 mil and then want help on the O-line. Like, yeah. like, I agree. But, it, but in all actuality, it's like, man, it's Russell. He, he is the star quarterback. Like, he shouldn't be moving around as much as he moves around all the time right. anyway. And he does, you know and, he does and he does have a ring, so he has some clout. He has some clout to, to say yeah. what he wants to say. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I play both sides. I see, it, I see it from both sides. But, you know, as far as him leaving or getting traded, I don't think any of that is going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. There's I no way don't. there's no way Seattle moves uh, uh Russell Wilson. They're just gonna be like, all right, Russ, you mad? Like, like let's let's talk let's, about it, let's see what we can do. But you ain't going nowhere. So exactly. you know, 
And I think they got bigger, bigger problems to worry about when it comes to to to, to money flexibility. They got a lot. They got a lot of problems coming up. I'm telling 100%. you, that, that Jamal Adams trade was was not a good look for me. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. I agree. About it. Yeah. <laughs> as a, as a Jets fan, listen, yeah. Jets fans are are jumping up and down because you got two free first round picks for a guy that's never a box been safety. a box <laughs> safety. Like you don't pay that type of ransom for a box safety. It's just you know it just goes to you know, you, when you look at Seattle, like outside of the two Super Bowl appearances that they've had under Pete Carroll, they have not drafted well after the Legion of Boom. Not at all. At all. Like, and is that a Pete Carroll thing? Is that a, is or is that the GM? Is that the scouting department? Who's the who's to blame? Because, you know, you, you also heard Russell talk about that, he wants to pass the ball a little more, a little more. You know, they're more of a running team. Run first, yeah. But for you to be a run first team with no offensive line, it it it's a it's an oxymoron. Like, okay, you yep. you you need a line to run the ball. So, but you also need a line to be able to pass as much as you are as you want to as well. Because the thing is, if you notice, Seattle was down a lot, and he, oh, yeah. you know, that that's when you have to get into passing mode. So, you know, that I think if they're going to sit down with Russell, there has to be some, there may have to be some personnel changes, maybe with the OC, um, maybe with certain things where they can be able to have an updated more, uh, what, what do you call it? This generation type of, of style of play. But at the same time, it's like they don't have the talent for that. They don't I'll, have the talent for that. I'll tell you this. I don't know if you heard, but did you hear who interviewed for the offensive coordinator position? Who? <laughs> I heard Adam Gase did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yo, oh if, my if he goes there, Russell's definitely going one out. <laughs> but who's but but isn't uh what wasn't Schottenheimer the OC? Was yeah, but out? I think they 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 fired. I think they, I think fired, they fired him. him. Yeah, 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 I think they're looking for a new they're looking for a new OC. And I heard right. Adam Gase was getting interviewed. Oh. That's what I heard. I don't know if I don't know if it happened. I don't know, but I'm just like, yeah, you you could have, <laughs> you could have disaster, disaster. So you know, I guess we're gonna keep with the quarterback, uh, the quarterback drama or the 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 situations that's going on around the NFL. Houston continues to be the soap opera that everybody likes to see. Um, you know, JJ Watt just got released. He asked for his release. They honored his release after. 10 seasons with the team. Now, the way I look at it is that J.J. Watt has been the face of the Houston Texans since he got there. He's a Hall of Fame guy. You know, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best defensive ends that ever played his game. So in my, the way I look at it, he has the clout to be able to say, I want out. I, I would like a change of scenery. And you saw how the organization respected his wishes and gave him his release. Now, you, you see a lot of backlash on the other side because, like, oh, well, why does J.J. Watt, why does he get his release and Deshaun Watson can't get out of town? Deshaun Watson is 25 years old. He's a quarterback that's making $39 million a year. J.J. Watt is on the back end of his, uh, of his career. If he wants to go ahead and compete for a title, not making the big money that he was making his entire career, then it's a completely different situation. And it's like, for me, it's it's so hard to speak to some sporting fans nowadays because everybody has an opinion, but 
everything is not the same. Like you can't look at it from like a from like a racial issue or it's it's just like they're two different dynamics and, and guys, two guys with and they're in two different stages of their career. Like what what are your thoughts right. about that? Yeah, no, you you hit the nail, you hit, you hit it right on the head, man. I mean, that's exactly what I was gonna say because there's there's two different situations. Like yeah. somebody that's you know did everything for an organization, you know, and we know what JJ Watt means to Houston, like right, right. You know it's what I'm saying? Like, of you know, yeah, yeah. right. Like he, he, you could pretty much say he's that face of the franchise, like yes. you know, like um Drew Brees is for the Saints, right? You know what I'm saying? Like he's that guy, he's that face, not Deshaun. So it, it, it's kind of a different situation. And it's just more like, you know what? You did your thing here. We're going to grant you this wish to, to go play for a contender and, and get a Super Bowl. Because, you know, we're obviously rebuilding and we're not there yet. Right. Why would I want to trade a 25-year-old quarterback, you know, make, you know what I'm saying, in his prime? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to do everything to keep that man. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Until, until honestly, I don't even know how that situation is going to even pan out. I know they don't want to trade him. I don't know if they're going to end up going to trade him, but it's going to be a back and forth battle because I don't think Deshaun is is coming down from his trade from his trade request. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's listen. It's it's going to get messy. It's going to get messy because at certain, you know, it, it's it's looking like I'm hearing 49ers, I'm hearing Dolphins, but it's like for Miami, you you're gonna you're willing to give up on two of this early. Now, granted, I understand it's Deshaun Watson. You know, you, you're not going to be able to find 25-year-old top five quarterback just in any any year. Like, if you see an opportunity there, do it. But are you ready? At what cost? At, exactly. At what cost? And is your team ready to compete getting a Deshaun Watson? Because the thing is with me, okay, you want out of Houston, but you're going to go to Miami are, is Miami going to be able to win now? Are they in win now mode? Or are you just happy to get out of Houston? It doesn't matter about you losing. Because I don't see Miami, even with a Deshaun Watson, competing for an AFC title. I just don't. I don't see them being better than the Bills. I don't. I don't even see them being better than the Patriots because we all know Bill Belichick is coming back strong next season. We oh, all know that. Tom just won? Well, yeah, we, we all that. know that that a, a, one of these quarterbacks is going to end up Ugh. in New England. We know that whether it's going to be Carson Wentz, whether it's somebody else that we're so, not looking at, whether it's whether it's Jimmy G, maybe Jimmy goes back to New England. Who knows? But somebody's coming. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a QB carousel like throughout the whole league. There's so many moving parts, right. so many. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a great point. Yeah. You know, I I just don't like I said, at nauseum, I've said this about Deshaun Watson's situation organizations how things go in an organization it's cyclical you have your high you have your high times you have your very low times and houston right now is in a low time and they're trying to repair their image they're trying to do things the right way and listen a lot of people have been critical about houston right uh, about some inner workings whatever whatever's going on behind the scenes but for what i'm seeing for what they're putting out you know, they, they hired Lovey Smith. They hired, uh, 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 you know, uh, Cully as the head coach. I like that coaching staff. I think that coaching staff can really be successful. Lovey Smith is a hell of a defensive mind. This team can be able to, if they, if they draft well, you know, they don't have a lot of draft capital, but they still have some draft picks that, you know, I think they have a second, a couple thirds or whatever. So 
they can be able to get some talent in this draft on the back end. And if you have a Lovey Smith, who knows what can happen? Like it, it, that's, that's the thing. Winning can cure a lot of issues behind the scenes. And I think losing at the clip that Deshaun lost last year with the frustration, especially in the year before that, I think compounded his frustration. Had the Texans been 10 and six and made the playoffs this year, maybe he would have still been frustrated, but I don't think it would have been to the level that he is here now. So I, I just, I want him in a perfect world to give them a chance to dig themselves out of the hole that they put themselves in. That's what I want to happen because like I said, John Elway got drafted to the, to the, to, to the, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos. They were not a great organization. He didn't want well, to play for them. Didn't no, not that. Not he, um, he got traded to the Broncos. Yes, didn't he? Thank you. Yeah. He got, yeah, he, it was, I forgot what team actually drafted. Him right. He didn't want to play for that. He didn't team. Want, exactly. And he then he want, got traded to Denver, right. got traded to Denver. You know, Denver wasn't a great organization, but they got their guy and he led them to three Super Bowls and they had no business being there. And then they won later in his career because he stuck it out. He stuck it out. So that's just that's just my thing, man. It's just No, and, and I agree with you, but they didn't do a lot of things from an organizational standpoint in order to keep losing. I guess <laughs> you know you. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think you know, like listen, as a player and and you know, you you've been a player too. You you play ball like yeah. and you play ball competitive. You're a competitive guy. You want to win, right? right? So it's like all I want to do is just keep winning. And then you take my best wide out away yeah, from me. Yeah. Yeah. And for what? Right. For, you know what I'm saying? What, what you know, like, what do we do? Right. We didn't do anything with that move. So it's like, you're looking, he's looking at it from that standpoint. And I think that hit the nail in the coffin for him. I think after he saw that trade, I think he was done. Yeah. I think, and I, you know, my yeah. personal opinion, I just think he was done after that trade. I, he was like, you know what? Nah, like and, I, I've had enough. Like, and, this is it. And it's fair. It's a, it's a fair you know, kind of uh, conclusion to get to for him. It's like, yo, that was my guy and you traded him. But if if we're going to play devil's advocate and play two sides of the coin here, you know, the owner said, okay, I gave the GM full autonomy to, you know, a Bill O'Brien full autonomy to do all the football stuff because that's, that's who I chose. He made all the decisions. I signed off on it. Then we realized, okay, well, you traded one of our best players because of, you know, a situation you, you, you didn't like him. Okay. Now you got to get out of here. So, you know, maybe did they take too long to fire him? Maybe, but there's not a lot of coaches that you see get fired mid season. That's when you know that there's a huge problem when a coach gets fired mid season where they don't even say play out the string and get the hell out of here. They fired him and said, we have to get you out of here now because of all the damage that you've done. So, they're trying to, you know what I'm saying? Rectify, like, they're, they're trying to trying, rectify the situation. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to repair it. So I, I see the 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 attempt that they're making. And hopefully, you know, with, with some with some talking, you know, he can be able to kind of say, all right, I'm going to give you guys a chance to figure it out. If we don't make some drastic improvements after the season, we're going to have to work something out next season where I want to, I want out of here because he's still young enough to be able to, you know, find greener pastures of the, uh, in, uh, in, a, in another situation. So, right. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville, they hired strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle. And, um, you know, there was some big controversy with Chris Doyle. And 
he was the strength and conditioning coach at Iowa. There was some racial stuff that we heard that happened with him, some bullying, some mistreatment uh, that he that he did with the players. And Urban Meyer decided to hire him as his strength and conditioning coach for the Jags. There was a huge backlash because of it. And all of a sudden, Chris Doyle resigns, right? But they he his his reasoning for for uh resigning is he didn't want to be a distraction for the team. Not the fact that your history states that you're a racist and you you are a bully and you mistreat players. What are your thoughts on this particular dynamic that a coach can be able to give another coach that type of chance because he's known him for 20 years and he's not that guy when the players have came out and spoken up against this guy and you have black players in this Jacksonville organization. The majority of the players are black. Right. So what, what are your thoughts about this situation? Like this is, this to me is just like the definition of white privilege. What are your thoughts? I mean, listen, I, I agree. And what it does too, that, that sets a bad president with Urban Meyer with his new teammates that yeah. you could, that you can hire a guy with that kind of background. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now we starting off on the wrong foot. So now I'm questioning, you know, I'm questioning you as a coach, like what kind of person are you? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So that, like that, that, that already just starts off on the wrong foot, but it's like, we know the situation where as if let's just say that was a black, you know, yeah. coach, he would have never even gotten, gotten past the point to sign in the contract. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Right. And it's sad, but it, it's honestly what it is. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah, it, it, it's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, I don't like, you know, point out the race card, but it's the truth. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just plain old truth. And it's just like it has to stop. It ha you know, we have to get to a point in our lives where we need to be able to look past these things. And and basically, we just we just need to have that opportunity. We yeah. need to have that chance to have that opportunity because there's so many gifted black people out here that need to be put into a better position, but we just don't have that chance. Yeah, exactly. Black and brown, man. Like there's so many guys that 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 are out there that deserve those positions. Like, like you said, it's like, okay, that's your man, but you know your man's past. You know that your boy has a checkered past. And optics wise, it don't make sense. It don't, yeah. It In don't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Like if you wanna if you want to have him as like an inside consultant that know that you're paying him off the books to help you with certain things in regards to you know, uh, uh, strength and conditioning strategies that you can be able to to pass on to the team, do that. But to have him on payroll, nah. To have him a part of the organization with his history, nah. That's not the way it is. Like, you know, everybody likes to talk about cancel culture now. Like, you know, cancel culture is unfair. You know, people deserve second chances. Granted, yes. But at the same time, certain situations you got to let some 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 time pass and some things happen where you see a guy being contrite about what happened i i didn't hear that with chris doyle i didn't i didn't see any contrition out of him you know people are still very upset about this and it's like you know urban wide is like ah you know that's my man I, he's fine he'll he, it's not gonna happen here like no that's not the no, way things work a hundred percent. And yeah. it's like the, the man didn't even come out. And did he uh, did he even apologize or apologize for these things in the past? Like, I, I, I think he I, I think he did. I, I, I like I said, I'm not sure. But 
just the optics wise, it's like, yeah, even if even if you did, it's going to take a long time for you to be able to 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 correct that wrong. You know, what I mean, like 100 yeah. percent. And that's the that's the problem, too, because I feel like you see, like, look at this situation. Like, I feel like this situation is not talked about more. Right. Because mm. a lot of people probably didn't even know about this situation. And then you have that other situation with the football player who beat up the black girl. Yes. Like, why is that not getting talked about more? But if it right. was, if it was, you know what I'm saying? If it was the other way around. You would hear it more. It would be more of a news. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like certain things get thrown under the rug and it's like, nah, it's gotta be the same way across the board for everyone. Oh, hundred percent. For listen, everybody. If you remember, if you remember Ray Rice was on the news every day. Oh yeah. Every day, every day for like a month, Ray Rice was in the news, but Kareem Hunt too. Kareem Hunt was in the news every day, but this dude, he got a he got a mental issue, and every, you got people that are that are empathetic towards his his mental condition. Oh well, you know he has mental mental issues. You know, it's 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 a sensitive subject. Now nah, listen, I get all that, cool, but he chose to not take his medication. And he chose to do that. Like I I don't care about what your mental health is. You beat somebody like that, you deserve to go to jail. Like ain't no, like you, because at the end of the day, that means that if you have a mental illness, you can be able to just hide behind that. Oh yeah, I, I, I stabbed this person 50 times. I have a mental illness. So instead of me going to jail, I gotta go, I gotta go to a psych ward. Like, nah, nah. Mm -hmm. You can be yes. able to get help in prison. You exactly. understand what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't, I don't dig that, man. I don't dig that. So I, I agree with you that, Certain things get light, certain things don't get light. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't feel comfortable with the, the whole black versus white issue in regards to certain situations, but it's the, it's, it's the, it's the world we live in. Like right. for, for you, for you not to address it is being ignorant to the situation. Right, we have to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. Facts. Like that's what I always tell people. Yeah, Facts. this discussion is not comfortable. I know it's not gonna be comfortable for a lot of people, but guess what? This is what it is. Exactly. You got to deal with the reality of life yeah. and understand what's going on and being able to talk about it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, this is this is how you change that image. This is how right. you change, you know, for, for the NFL. Because yeah. you know how we, we all look at the NFL. Right. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, as time changes, you know, we could evolve and, and get better. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. So, you know, moving on, you, you are a big-time Jets fan. You are a big-time Jets sufferer, like a lot of people. <laughs> Um, you know, there are, you know, I saw a report about Deshaun Watson that the Jets are not in his destination list. They're not on the list. So, but you're also hearing talks about Sam Darnold getting a ton of interest around the NFL. Like, what are your thoughts about the Jets situation? Because they're in a very unique situation. I've said this on my show several times that the Jets have the ability, if they do things right, that they can be able to change their fortune around in an off season and be one of the surprise teams next year. If they, if they do things the right way, do you think going after Deshaun Watson or keeping a Sam Darnold and surrounding him with a great line, surrounding him with some skill position players and going and seeing what he has with this new regime is the right way to go. What are your thoughts? I mean, honestly, you know me, like I'm a, I'm a big Jeff fan. And honestly, I love Sam. I love Sam. Like I don't want Sam Donald to be traded. I, I definitely don't want that, but I'm also 
in the back of my mind trying to understand, you know, how the head coach is, how the offensive coordinator is, and what is it that they're exactly looking for. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. I got to see what – I don't know how they're evaluating him. So I, that's why I'm kind of just trying to, you know, I guess, you know, understand where they're – what they're trying to do as far as the quarterback position. But if it was in my hands, <laughs> I'm keeping saying. Like, right. I don't want to trade – for Deshaun Watson. I know everybody wants Deshaun Watson to be a Jet. I get it. Like, listen, I'm not saying I'd be opposed to it. Yeah. But now I, I tell people the whole time, so you're going to give up all the assets that you just helped acquire, you know what I'm saying, to trade for one man who's making, you know, whatever amount of money he's making. Now we're going to have that same issue again where we can't put talent around him. Exactly. Because so, Deshaun's making $39 million. Exactly. So I'm like, you don't want that situation to happen. And then we're going to hear the same talk. And then this man's going to get scrutinized. And that's probably why we're not high on his wish list, because this is New York. Right. He knows you, you know how it is in the media here. So it's like he don't want to deal with that. You right. know what I'm saying? So it all depends. If it was a ready to win now team, then I can see that being a, a, a move that you can make. You know what I'm saying? Wait, the pieces are already there and he's just the missing piece. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's so many missing parts to this team trading it all away for one person. I'm not, I'm not really too high on that, on, on moves like that. Yeah. I feel like you have to give Sam Donald a chance to see what he can do, you know, when healthy, when he's not getting hit every damn second, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and people for him to throw the ball to, like, he's never really had that, that, uh, you know, that chance. And I will only say this because I remember that first year, his rookie year, I think it was like his last, like four or five games. Yeah. Dude was balling. Yeah. Like dude was balling. Like look, I, I even showed people his stats. Like he right. was balling. Right. He, he, he was, he was dueling with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And that, in that green Bay game dude threw for like 300 and something yards with like four TDs. Yeah. He was balling. So it's like, you know, the dude has the talent, you know, he has the capability, but why did he regress after year one? Obviously Adam Gase and everything else put around him. Right. So see what the man can do. And then let's go from there. But at right. least you'll have the second pick. You'll have the other pick. Now, if you don't feel Sam is the guy, okay, that's, you know, you're the evaluator. So who am I to say anything? But at the same time, what do you, what do, you do with, with Sam down? You know what I'm saying? Do you trade, you trade that second pick or do you trade Sam and draft the quarterback at two? Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's so many different variables and possibilities that they can that they can do. But that's why I like that route as opposed to trading all of it away for one guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100 percent agree with you, man, because the thing is, it's like, OK, you're going to you're going to trade Sam for possibly a first round pick. You know, that I'm sure that that's what they'll hold out for because he's still a young talent. But you're going to go ahead and draft another young quarterback and then you have at least Sam is going into year four. He's seen NFL defenses. He understands this organization. He knows he's very comfortable playing in New York. Yep. He's, he's not razzled or, or frazzled by, by, the, by the stage. It's the fact that he has not developed the way that they thought he would. But like you said, look at the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Look at the weapons that he had around him. Look at the poorest offensive line. And also the bad luck that he had, the mono that he caught, you know, that, that set him back physically. You know, if he didn't cast the mono, who knows what year two would look like for Sam. Yep. 
So, you know, we don't, there's, there's a lot of different question marks here for Sam Darnold. And there's a lot of them that are not based on his ability. It's based on everything else that's around him. You know what I mean? So it's like, if they're able to say they draft Penny Sewell, the, 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 the offense, exactly. Yeah. You know, now you got bookend tackles for the next decade. decade Penny Sewell, yep. Makai Becton. Those yep. are two monsters on your offensive line, which are protecting his blind side and also his strong, side. strong so, side. This is what you're looking for. This is how quarterbacks are able to progress the way you want them to. Time and talent will let him be more comfortable. You have these draft picks, like you said. There's so many wide receivers in this draft that you can be able to go get. You don't have to go, you know, get a, a higher price free agent if you don't want to. If you still want to, that's fine. You have the option because you have the money. But the talent level, the talent pool in regards to wide receiver, tight end, running back, it is endless. Yep. And they have so many picks that they can be able to get so much young talent at the same time. That's unheard of. Yep. That's and they unheard have of. The money, and they have the money to be able to pull it all together under Ex- the salary cap. Exactly. So you trade exactly. that for one person, is all of that goes out the window. Right, right, right. So, you know, that that's another thing, too. You know, we've heard, uh, you know, certain rumors or certain targets that the Jets are going for in regards to free agency. We've heard Juju uh, be a target. We've heard um, Allen Robinson be a target. I don't know if Kenny Galladay is going to be a target. But, you know, no. what what are your thoughts about who who is your number one wide receiver target via free agency? Well, if we keep in Sam Darnold, it's got to be Juju because – because of their familiarity at playing at USC. Yes. So, and I know they want to play together. So it's kind of like you, if you're going to keep Sam, that that's the guy in, in, in all honesty, I don't mind Allen Robinson. Um, and I know I've heard, I think it's uh, I think I've heard rumors about Will Fuller too, yes. but um, I, I like Will Fuller, but the man always pulling the same hamstring. Can't like, say. He, he has, he has Chris Paul legs. Oh my gosh, man! I I, I had to stop drafting them on my fantasy team. <laughs> like, yo, that dude is is you, always hurt with a hamstring injury. You draft, so it's like, you, you draft Will Fuller every year. <laughs> <laughs> Will Fuller is some tight end. <laughs> right, right. Oh my. But God. yeah, man. Like I, I I like yeah. I would say Juju only if it's you know if if Sam is coming back. If Sam isn't coming back then maybe maybe it is Allen Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe it is. But um yeah, I mean you could you could basically in the draft get a get a really good receiver and then have one of those. And now you have Mims, you know, a Juju and whoever you draft. Now right. and and you have Crowder. Now right. you're looking at a receiving core. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So it's 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 just more for Sam to work with. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I agree, man. Like I I like the I see the the USC uh you know connection between Juju and Sam. I just I am so like out on Juju Smith-Schuster because his behavior just doesn't scream NFL player to me. He's a he's a court gesture. He needs to stop all those antics and play football because I think a lot of people are now looking at Antonio Brown as if you know Antonio Brown may be crazy, right? He may be a little off, but there's some facts that that man was spitting 
when he was still with the with the uh the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was upset that Juju was the MVP of the team and it wasn't him, but we saw Juju's production drop off a cliff after Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh. So everybody thought that Juju was a number one. He's not a number one. So if you pay big money for a Juju coming to New York, I am very scared that you're paying him number one money for him to be a number three receiver. That's my issue with Juju is that I don't, the talent level doesn't match his mouth or how he thinks he plays. He's not a number one receiver to me. He really isn't. So what is the asking price for Juju on the open market? Because we saw the Jets, you know, be very hesitant into giving Robbie Anderson $10 million a year. He ended up getting that money from Carolina and he had a very good season. So, you know, yeah. So it's like, you know, they dropped the ball there. You don't want to drop the ball the other way in regards to giving this guy that money and him not being able to do what, uh, what a, uh, what Anderson could do. You understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's just, I I don't, I don't, I don't really like that particular dynamic of it. I I would rather them get a guy that, you know, can be able to have a, a, a direct impact with that, with that position. Allen Robinson is an, he can be an impact guy. He's a tough receiver. He's not flashy. A lot of people don't really talk about him being one of the best receivers in football, but he is one of the best receivers in football. So that to me would make it more make make more sense. And also, if they can go get Kenny Galladay, oh boy. Oh no, but we know Kenny Galladay's going going. He going he going to L.A. He going he going to play with Matt, bro. And I, and I, and I listen listen. I, and I totally get it. That's why yeah. I never even mentioned his name. Yeah. But you got to understand, I'm a Jet fan, bro. We don't have any talent on that <laughs> side of the ball. So yeah, the things that you're saying about Juju are true, but I'll still take him over anything we got. All right, <laughs> you but, what but, I'm saying? But, but what's the price tag though? Or oh no, you, of course. Would of course. you be comfortable giving Juju fifteen million dollars a year? No, that's what I'm saying. So it's like and, you but, know, we but, gotta but see. You can't, you can't get fifteen million dollars a year based on that production you had last season. Right. So I think you know. Listen, I I, I like I like I like JD man. Joe Douglas is is is. I like him. I like the yeah. way he moves. And I feel like, you know, he'll give him a price. And if he don't, if he don't meet that price, he's not going to be a jet. Like right. that's how JD seems like how he moves. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. going to, he's going to tell you what you're worth and this is what it is. And yeah. if you don't want it, okay, no problem. We'll get somebody who really wants to be here. And you know, that'll be the end of that. That's why I like JD. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about, I don't think they'll overpay for a player like that. Yeah. I, like the Jets notorious, they overpay players on the defensive end. Like, you know what I'm saying? On the defensive side of the ball, sorry. But, like, that's that's how I feel. They always give those big money contracts to, like, the defensive starters. Like, look at C.J. Mosley. Right, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love Mosley, but dude hasn't played. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, yeah, the dude, yeah. The dude hasn't played. Right. So, yeah, you know. I, I, I can't I, – I agree with you, man. I uh, Let's see – you know, Joe Douglas, a lot of people say that, the, you know, Jets fans, they love Joe Douglas. He's done some shrewd moves since he's been the GM. So, you know, I just want to see those moves pay off. I don't want to see him make any silly trades, and I don't want to see him make any silly signings. But we'll we'll see what happens because free agency is coming up on us very quickly. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, turning our attention to a different sport, uh, you know, we both love baseball. Baseball is one of our top sports. 
you know, the biggest news in baseball was that the, the MLB decided to change the baseballs. They've changed the baseballs to make it, to make it, uh, you know, to kind of control the home run rate. And my opinion is that I like it because what I saw out of baseball out of the last five years or so was the home run rate was ridiculous. It felt like when we're playing, you know, MLB the show and you just jack up all the attributes. <laughs> so, you know, there's a fastball down the middle. You put the, you put all the home run stuff on, on buck on a hundred you hit you you press X and you're knocking at 600 yards. I I'm tired of seeing average guys or below average guys, guys that are hitting 220 are hitting 30 home runs, 35 home runs. Like this, there's something going on with baseball that they're not admitting, right? But now them changing the balls is kind of admission. It's kind of admission, right? It's like, okay, we're gonna go change the balls. But they're not they're not admitting that there was something that was going on. Right. Like what what is what is your thoughts about like MLB finally doing this? Because even they see that there's an issue going on. I'm I mean, listen, I mean I'm all for it, but at the same time, too, they the guys that are hitting all of these home runs, you just pointed out they're hitting 220, but they're also probably striking out like. 200 times oh the strikeout rate is insane the strikeout yeah. rate is is, is is crazy so it's kind of like what i don't i mean i see what you're saying but at the end of the day what are these players doing in the playoffs nothing yeah. nothing they can't adjust to great pitching so that the, the, the home run rate is really during the season it's it's not in the playoffs because you see when the playoffs come things change right so to me i'm kind of like I'm just like, whatever about it. I don't, it, it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't bother me at all because a person that's hitting 35 home runs, I know is striking out at least 200 times and is batting like 220. That ain't, yeah. that's, you, we know when we, when we we're growing up watching baseball, that's not what we were used to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you hit 220, you're, you're, going, you're, like, you're in the, you're in the minors. You're in the minors. <laughs> like you getting sent down. Like it's a different era. It's a, you know, just like every other sport, it's a different era. And, you know, after the whole steroid thing and everything like that, you know, they're just trying to do anything to stray away from that. And that's what I feel. That's more so of yeah than anything, than anything else. Yeah. I, I definitely see a point about it. You know, it, the thing with me is that the reason why it's a bigger deal to me than it is to you is that how I look at baseball is that baseball out of any other sport is about the numbers. It's all about the numbers and stats, you know, matter. stats matter. So, so think about it. If a guy that is an average or below average guy that has a ton of power and he's getting a, a, a chance to play every day, striking out, like you said, 200 times a year. But if he plays 12 years at that clip and ends up hitting 450, 500 home runs, his numbers now stack up better than the greats that we've seen play. So how can you deny that guy entry into the Hall of Fame when his 500 is 500? Like 500, 500 home runs is an automatic Hall of Fame uh, uh, selection, right? Just like how 2,500 hits and up is an automatic sometimes Hall of Fame selection. So that's why I think that they're doing it. They understand that the numbers look very skewed for a lot of guys that are not, considered great players and they don't want to have this problem of 
putting these guys in the same category as the greats. And, right. and that's what I want to see them change. So hopefully let's see how it goes. If the, you know, if the, if the, if the home runs are still getting mashed, then we all, then we just know that guys are just, they're being trained to hit mat to, to hit home runs. And that's it. Cause we, we know that like guys like uh, Albert Pujols don't exist anymore. Guys mm-hmm. that strike out less than 50 times a year. They don't exist anymore. They teach these kids hit a home run or get a walk strike out. We don't care about that. That's not, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's different. It's yeah. different. And, and I'm not even going to lie. It is different. But yeah. one thing that doesn't change the, even, you know, like what you were saying about the hall of fame, those writers that, that put these players in, they don't change. Right. So don't be surprised just because you see somebody with 500 home runs. Don't think that that's going to be automatic. Cause that's if they point. see that, if they see that average, they're going to hold that against them. That's a good and point. Some of, the, some of them are very like old school in their ways. They don't care about the 500. Right. Oh, you hit, you hit 220 for your career. Right. 235. Nah. You're like, no. Yeah. They're like, they're like, nah, you, 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 we'll wait for you to be on the ballot maybe two, three years down the line. Then we, right. then we might consider you. Yeah. So nah, you, you're you, right. You're you right. know how they, how they do things. So that's why I'm on, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm just kind of like, you know, it, it's, I don't know what they're really trying to do behind it. Yeah. But I'm not like opposed to it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that point. Um, the other thing I want to talk about in regards to baseball is they hired Ken Griffey in the in the major league office. You know, you know, that's our guy. That's to, my guy to spearhead, you know, bringing bringing baseball back into the inner cities, putting, you know, putting the product where it's supposed to be. And, you know, we've had this conversation probably a year or two ago that baseball has a diversity issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not, you know, we, we have a ton of Spanish players that, that are in the, uh, that are in the uh, major league baseball. That's great. It's phenomenal. But guys that I grew up watching guys like Ken Griffey Jr. Guys like Barry Bonds, guys like Torrey Hunter got, you know, those guys, they don't exist anymore. And it's because there are no baseball programs in the inner city. There's no baseball fields or baseball diamonds around. Like you see a whole bunch of parks with basketball courts but there's no baseball diamonds. And that's the problem. If you don't give these kids a chance or expose them to the sport, why would they love it? And also, if you have guys that are playing the sport that you're not highlighting, guys like Mookie Betts that won a MVP and didn't have one national commercial. How does that make sense? So, you know, what are your thoughts about Major League Baseball being aware of that, that they have a, a diversity issue and them putting one of the greatest players to ever play the game on the job. Oh, I mean, I love it, man. I mean, you know me, Ken Griffey is my favorite baseball player of all time. Always yeah. has, you, you know, I wear his sneakers. I got every sneaker he oh, had, yeah. Oh, every yeah. cleat that he had. Like that's, that's always been my guy. So like, I love the move and you know, I hope it could stare in the right direction because honestly, I mean, growing up, I didn't have any of those players that I would say besides Ken Griffey, you know, and a Barry that you would really, you know, that you would really yes. look to and be like, you know, who's the face. But right. back then you knew who Ken Griffey was. Like, even if you didn't watch baseball, you didn't oh, yeah. like baseball, oh, yeah. you knew who Ken Griffey was. Video games, commercials, sneakers, Everything. like he was pop culture. Yeah. Right. Now, nobody, nobody knows who Mookie Betts is. You know what I'm saying? Mike, like Mike Trout can walk down the street. Nobody cares. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know who these players are. So right. after the whole steroid era, they've just done a bad job in 
in general of, of just marketing their players and marketing the sport. Like this is this is my favorite sport, hands down. I Me played too. baseball. Yeah. You know how I feel. I'm very passionate about baseball, but it's just like, how do we? How, how, how did you? How did you go from that to this? Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? And 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 I, you know how I feel about Rob. Yeah. I, I can't stand him. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. cannot stand him. I don't think he's gonna make the game better. Right. I think he's gonna make it worse. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I just hope that Ken Griffey can basically bring that back. I, I just got to see how is he going to do that. Now, now, you know, just to kind of, you know, go further into that point, like what do you, what do you think happened to baseball? Like, is it the fact that the exposure, like, like we were talking about that players don't look like us and kids didn't have anybody to look up to. Is that the reason why the interest level within the inner cities, within, you know, black culture, it, it went down because you, we already know that baseball is a sport that's passed down to you. Yep. It's not a sport that, you know, the casual fan can just be able to turn the TV on and say, oh, okay, uh, I'll definitely start watching baseball. Basketball does that. Football has that. You know, hockey doesn't. Baseball doesn't. It, it, these things have to be in your DNA. Like your parent had to play or a brother had to play and they taught you how to play in that's where your love came from. Cause you know, for me personally, my love came from my cousin introducing me to the game. Like, you know, we would play baseball in front of the house and then he would show me tapes of Dow strawberry. He would show me tapes of, of, of Barry bonds and, and, and Hank Aaron and, and stuff like that. And then when I saw Barry bonds play, I was like, Oh yeah, I like this guy. And then Ken Griffey was there and it's like, oh, that's my man. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, you know, I all, those are the guys that I look to Barry Bonds, you know, Ken Griffey, like I said, Torrey Hunter with his great defensive skills. There's so many great players. And then, you know, we go back into the history of the game back in the days, Hank Aaron, we have Willie May, we have Frank Robinson, so many different guys that you can be able to say that they dominated their game, this game. And you would think that, you know, as time passes, you would have more influence in this sport, but yet they have the lowest percentage of African-American players than they've ever had in any point in their history since the actual merge. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Right, no, it's since they started letting black players play, it has never been this low. This and low. it's just, I just, you know, I Rob, mean, I just, I'm so frustrated, man. I really am. I, I mean, I am too, but it's also this, I don't know how it started but i would just say that there was nobody to market you know for a little bit and then once like mookie became big in boston you know it should have took off but it didn't and they still and they still didn't do the right thing by him and marketing him so you know if i'm a kid there's nobody here that's relatable to me so of course i'm gonna go to basketball exactly i'm gonna go to these other sports right if i can't relate then this ain't for me. That's right. how, you know, that, you know, as a kid, that's how you're thinking. Right. That's how our parents look at it. They, they, they're like, I'm not going to put my kid in this sport. There's no, there's no black players here. Not, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's sad, man. But also too, do you think that if Mookie played for a different team, like say Mookie got drafted by the Dodgers originally, do you think that maybe commercial wise or notoriety uh, nationwide would be different because we all know Boston is a little bit on the racist side. So I don't know if they were willing to give this guy all this 
hey, this is a Boston product. This is our guy because we all know how black players are treated, treated in, Boston. In, in Boston. You know what I'm saying? Like well, Big Poppy, Big Poppy was a was a was a national treasure. But even right. Big Poppy said that, you know, there were some issues there where, you know, it, it wasn't always that pleasant. But, you know, he he they won and they accepted him. That's why, you know, Boston won when he was there. Right. So it's it's I, I don't know, man. I, I just think that maybe if he was somewhere else, maybe it would have been different. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, I don't think it would have been different because, I mean, he's in L.A. now. And yeah. still can't, and he, I mean, and you want to talk about marketing people, you in LA, right. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know what I'm saying? And there's still no market for him. So, like, I just think that baseball is just stuck in a time in which they just don't know how to. They, they, they have never found themselves after the steroid issue. And I also believe that's a direct link, you know, to us as black, uh, black people because they pretty much put us at the forefront for the steroid issue that's very true yes you understand what i'm saying with barry bonds and along with you know clemens and them but who did they you know try to viscerate the most yeah barry, barry. you know what i'm saying barry a rod these are people of color yes you know what i'm saying so it's kind of nah, like manny ramirez manny Bobby, ramirez all, i mean yeah. Yeah. so it's kind of like but bro don't 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 do that to them you yeah. know what i'm saying when other players were doing it too yeah like like this is not a clean sport this yes. sport has never been clean exactly never that, been clean. And, and and to 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 you know kind of piggyback on your point is that my issue with the whole steroids era is that you know you have a lot of people that oh you know steroids, if he takes steroids don't let him in i don't care i don't yeah, care because neither. at the end of the day numbers are numbers you cannot just completely put this era in the darkness and don't give guys their flowers. Like we had great players that played in that generation, that era. But my thing is this, Bud Selig, baseball had a problem back in the mid nineties, right? We had the strike. There was no world series. Yep. Baseball had a problem getting back to being the national pastime. Football was starting to gain. It was starting to gain and gain quickly. Right. And what brought people back to the ballparks? It was Sosa, Sosa and, and McGuire. 98, the summer of 98 yep. brought people back. And those two guys are the steroid in ambassadors, right? So you knew that these guys were taking something. Because we oh, all yeah. know that, they knew. you know, Andro was a thing back then, all of these other things, because, ba you know, you weren't testing for it back then. So you're trying to tell me that Bud Selig didn't know that this was going on. But oh, he, no, he knew. He, didn't he knew. Right. He knew. He didn't, he didn't turn his back to it because they were making money. Money he got back into the, the 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 national respect again. But as soon as he thinks that the sport can be able to sweep these guys under the rug, you want to go ahead and disrespect. Like the biggest disrespect to me, Brandon, in that whole era was when Barry Bonds broke the home run record and Bud Selig's face. He didn't even want to congratulate Barry Bonds. And that, to me, was the ultimate disrespect that you can give a guy that is one of the best players in 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 that in that sport in the history of that sport. Like I I don't care who you are, I don't care what you've done, I don't care if you don't like the guy because he didn't speak to the media all the time. Give Barry Bonds his due his respect credit. because oh, yeah. what he did to Barry Bonds, he would never have done to anybody else. It, and it's just not fair, especially you exploited off of them. Yes. May, uh, off of them taking the steroids. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? You exploited them and then threw them under the bus when right. the names were never supposed to be released. Exactly. 
So that was my whole biggest beef. I was so pissed about it because I'm like, damn, you threw them under the bus. You profited off of it. The MLB right. got high ratings now. Billions. And profiting, and you profiting off of it. Yeah. And the names were never supposed to be released. But you knew that these people were taking steroids. Yes. Because you, you knew you knew what it was. But my right. whole thing is it's 162 games. Right. These everyday position players, bro, like, you know, I'm not saying I would take it, but I don't care if the next man was. Right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them do it. I know, you know what I'm saying, basically to heal faster and, and stuff like that. A lot of people go through a lot of bumps and injuries during right. the season. I get it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So they want to be able to still play. They want to be able to perform at, at a high level at all times. This is what the pressure of getting paid so much money does to you. So, you know, I feel like people don't look at it in all angles when people take steroids. People take steroids for different reasons. Different reasons, you know what I'm exactly. Saying? Yep. And you have to know why that person is doing it to really understand the situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I get it. And, you know, it is what it is. Everybody has their opinion about it. But don't exploit them and then throw them under the bus and then act like as if you didn't know what was going on. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. So, you know, last point on the, on baseball, and then we'll move to the NBA. Brandon, the pain. <laughs> the pain that I have in my heart, in my soul, I just, I, I can't, I can't explain it. Um, we lose out on Trevor Bauer. I'm a big Mets fan. And we also lost, lost out on Nolan Arenado. They traded Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals for a bag of chips and a gym bag. And, 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 and maybe a back, maybe, maybe a home plate. Maybe that's what they got for him too. <laughs> as a, as a Met fan, Brandon, why, why do I have to go through this? Why, why can't I feel like how you feel as a Yankee fan, like how Dodger fans feel like, like even how Cardinals fans feel because Cardinals always yeah. seem to they have moves. some, some yep. big players in there. They have Paul Goldschmidt. Now they have Nolan Arenado. They had Mark, they had Albert Pujols for all those years. Why don't we have this opportunity to get guys like this? It's not fair. It's not fair. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm <laughs> mad. I'm mad, but it's more jealousy than anything else. I, I'm just jealous because I'm always watching other people's teams. Like, man, that's a good player. I wish I had him. Francisco Lindor is the most talented player we've had in our history. In our history. You understand that? We. I'm happy that we have him. But who's to say that it ends up being very Met-like that he doesn't sign an extension and goes to sign with the damn Padres next next offseason? You it's see, but you got you got to stop thinking like that, man. I, I can't. <laughs> it's PTSD. I can't do it. Yo, man, it's a new era. It's a new era in Queens, man. You gotta yes. you gotta be positive. You gotta I, be positive. Listen, and you know me. I'm a, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I do not hate the Mets. My mom is a Met fan, and you know I want to see them do well. I do want to see them do well. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I like the new owner. I like the move that you guys made for Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know that whole situation with Aaron. I didn't know Aaron was going to get traded for pretty much nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was pretty much like, yeah. I'll, and then the thing about it was with the Rockies was they're idiots. Like they, they paid more of his salary. And I'm like, and yeah. you didn't get back anybody? Nothing. Like, what, what was the point of that deal? I'm pretty sure there were better deals out there. But maybe of course, of course. maybe they just, you know, was like, you know what, Nolan, if this is where you want to go, you know what I mean? We're going to make it happen. I could, I could definitely see that because Nolan has been nothing but, you know, great for that Rockies organization. 
You know what I'm saying? As you know, I live in Colorado now, and he is pretty much the face of that team. You understand what I'm saying? Like, he, he is definitely the face of the Colorado Rockies. So I feel like, you know, maybe it was just like, yeah, you want to go to St. Louis? You know, I got you. And, yeah, yeah. I think I but think it was just like, yeah. you could have gotten, like, this is this is Nolan Arenado, bro. Like, right. I, I like, like I texted you literally because I went to, like, before COVID, I went to, like, maybe, like, four or five Rocky games. Yeah. And I, where I sit is literally on the third base side. So I, I, I'm seeing, bro. I have never ever seen a third baseman play like this guy live ever. Yeah, ever. He he, like, is, he is he is, is the truth. Like, he is a gener- truth. he is a generational talent. He's the best third baseman in in our generation. Like he 100%. is 100%. It's not he, even close. It's not even close, man. It's not, it's not even close. close. You know the guy the guy is a He's just a tremendous talent. You know, I had a lot of Met fans tell me, "Oh, well, maybe you don't want Nolan. Maybe we don't want Nolan because you know his his home and away splits." I said, "I don't care what? if the dude Nolan hits over three hundred yeah. and, and hits forty home runs and hundred RBIs every single the, season, and nobody Brandon, talks about him." This is my <laughs> thing, though. I don't care if he was hitting three fifty in Colorado and then he if he got traded to the Mets, he ended up hitting two sixty and thirty eight home runs and I'd still take it. I'd Thanks. still take it because the glove. Follows him. The oh, yeah. follows him. But the bat ain't leaving either. The and dude the bat is a ain't consistent over 300 hitter. Yeah. He's, a cons- he's, he's consistent. I don't care about that whole, you know, all the altitude and da 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 da. Right. Nah, nah. Right. The dude mashes the ball anywhere he in any is, park. He is a masher. He, he he's a he's a five tool player. Like yes. that's what he is. You know what I'm saying? Nolan, so man, it, it it just pains me. But the and the Trevor Bauer, you know, the fact that he was <laughs> the fact that he was signing. Autographs and you know with Met gear. It was just, just, just don't do that to us. Don't, he, don't be, do that. he be trolling though. He be don't trolling a little don't, bit. Tro- I understand it, but just don't, don't, don't do that to us. We're, we're a very sensitive fan base. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that to us, man. But you know, I'm hearing rumors. Hearing rumors. I want to get too excited because of what just happened. But possibly, maybe, Chris Bryant may be on his way here. See now. What do you think about him? Because Chris Bryant hasn't been the Chris Bryant in a in a few seasons. I'll take him. But take no, no, him. no. He's better than what you have. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But what do you have to what do you have to give up to get him? Uh I that's the thing. I don't think because you know, they may want our highest uh catching prospect, which is the the kid Alvarez. I, I don't know if they want to give him up. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't they I need think, to look for a, 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 a Arenado deal. <laughs> yo, I, but the thing is, I don't think that the market for Chris Bryan is that is that big. Nah. So if the, if the Mets want him, I think that they can be able to have him for, you know, a couple, a couple decent prospects. I, I don't think that they have to give up anything within their top five in their organization to get him because he's not that type of player anymore. Or, right. you know, he, he needs he needs a change of scenery to be able to become that player again. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, man. I, I'm, I am hopeful, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you it's, know. Your team is good, bro. I think you should be positive about it. They're going places. The yeah. pitching staff is elite. Even without Trevor Barwell, the pitching yeah. staff is elite. Yeah. It's elite, bro. I mean, come on. You, you, got, you got Syndergaard. You got the Grom. Come on, bro. Carrasco like, they, now. And Carrasco. I forgot about Carrasco. Carrasco's solid. I, yeah. I've been watching him in the AO, obviously, with the Indians for years. The yeah. dude can the dude can pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 got, you got talent, bro. It's you got talent. It's not doom and gloom. I understand. But 
the pain, man, the pain. I was looking for a big home run off season. We got we got a couple doubles. Yeah, I got a couple doubles. Man. <laughs> Listen, you can't get a home run for the first year, man. Why not? It'll, it's gonna come. It's gonna come, man. Listen, we we've struck out too many years in a row. I, I wanted a home run. All right, so, so call me <laughs> call me crazy, but you know it's not a bad off season. But you know there's still things to do because I heard um you know Zach Scott come out and say that they're not done yet. So that that gives me hope. It gives me hope that they're gonna uh, they're gonna do some different things. But moving on to the NBA, um, you know you're a big Knicks fan. Uh, how do you think? Uh, listen, man, they're not playing that bad. But what what are your thoughts about the Derrick Rose, uh, you know, acquisition? Uh, what do you um, what do you what are your thoughts on how Julius Randle is playing? And you know what what do you what do you think about the young talent? Now listen, man. My, the Knicks, the Knicks are playing good right now. I love, I love, you know how you said, uh, what, what you call my man Tibbs, the the used car salesman. Oh, you, uh, Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Yo, he's he's got he's changed the culture. He he has literally changed the culture. When was the last time you seen the Knicks mentioned with defense? Right. They're, like, top, they're top five defense. They're top five defensive team. So right. that alone shows me, okay, yeah, the Tib effects is working. Right. And and I love it. I I don't mind the move for Derrick Rose because they didn't give much to to get him. Yeah, but what I don't like and and what I've been consistent, I can't stand Alfred Payton. Like <laughs> Alfred Payton gotta go. Like, I, bro, like I'm not saying he's not a good defender, but I've never seen a man miss so much layups every consistent time he's driving to the hoop. He can't make a layup, bro. Yeah, like yeah. everything's a brick. Everything's a brick with him. I call <laughs> I call him Brick Payton. So I'm like, I'm I'm just like, yo, why is this man still starting? Right, but. You know, I, I understand, you know, they can't trade him, I think, until, like, February 27th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a no-trade clause. Why the hell does Alfred Payton have a no-trade clause? I think it's because he signed a, 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 I think it's a one-on-one. So maybe I think that's the reason why he has a no-trade clause. I'm not sure. That, yeah, um, to me, that I, well, you know, I'm just like, yeah, that's crazy. But as yeah. far as, like, the way the team is playing, like, I love it. Like, I love the energy. I love the fact that they always keep fighting. Like, right. because they don't, they know that, you know, they're not as probably as talented as most teams, which is fine, but always play hard. And I, and you could just see the difference in how the, the players are developing. Like, I, I, I love Quickly. He's definitely yeah. my, my favorite right now. Right. I don't like the way they're using Obi at all like i think obi's talented but he's not a spot up shoot up three kind of dude like yeah, he, he should be shoot, used more in a pick yeah. and roll situation yeah, like absolutely. he looks like a young amari to me you yes. know what i'm saying without the without the post game yet yes you know what i'm saying so my thing is why isn't he in more high leverage like high pick and roll situations that's why i like the move with d rose because you're seeing obi you know get into more pick and roll situations and get more dunks to, you know, to the rim, like using more of his athleticism. Right. He shouldn't be just standing on the island trying to shoot a three. Yes. You understand? So the, the Rose addition has definitely helped. I think the young guys so far in the two games that I've seen, but um, everything else is gelling. Everything else is gelling. I just think they need to continue on this path and don't make the big blockbuster that I think they're going to do. Right. And, and, and I don't want the Knicks to be the same old Knicks again. <laughs> Yeah, nah, listen, I, I definitely agree with you. I, it, it feels different. Like I said, I've, I've been saying it all season that the Knicks are watchable. They are actually a watchable team. They're a fun team to watch. They have some great young players. Uh, you know, I, I like what, what Thibs has brought to this team. I think the coaching staff has done a great job in regards to developing these young players. You know, the Knicks, the Knicks historically have, a whole, have always had an issue with player development. 
Yep. And, you know, if they can be able to develop these young guys, man, they, they, they have something here. But the um, only time yeah. we were able to develop young guys is when Isaiah Thomas was here. Yes. And he drafted, he drafted well. Yes, he did. But then he traded all of them to get to get garbage. Right. right <laughs> so right. we don't need to go down that line anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we, we just heard that uh, you know, uh Mitchell Robinson, you know, broke his hand, so he's gonna be out four to six weeks. So we're gonna see how that 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 affects the team. I think Obi Toppin is gonna get, you know, more, more chances to play now. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see if they're I I I definitely know that they're gonna take a step back defensively, but um, yeah, you know they definitely. still have they still have. But New I like Noel. Yeah, no, New Orleans has played well. Um, they had two big rim protectors, and was, the Lakers had that last year. That was a that was a formula for success for LA in the regular season. So you know that's that's still a viable, you know, type of strategy to have to have rim protectors that can be that they're just they're basically rim runners. They're not guys that. You can dump the ball down to and get a bucket, but bucket, they're right. live guys, they're rim runners. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how the, how, how it goes, but you know, there's also a report that, you know, we're seeing that the Knicks are making their young players available in case of, you know, one of these big, big high profile stars becomes available. Like if they want out. So, you know, me right now, it's just like the thought process is same old Knicks, yep. same old Knicks, because you know, they've always been chasing the big fish instead of looking at what they have internally and trying to make their own big fish. I don't see the point of, you know, packaging off these younger players right now when to just make a splash when now you're going to have a skeleton, a skeleton type of roster with a big fish. That doesn't make sense. It's the it's the Carmelo yeah. Anthony effect. You know, well, who's it's like, really worth it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Who's really worth that? LeBron. Yeah, K- KD, right? But, you know what I'm saying, but that's pretty about it. You want yeah. you want somebody who's really gonna change that franchise, and yes. those two players, you know, will. So that I can understand. Any right. like a Bradley Beal, he's great, he's but not. I'm not gutting my whole roster for, yes. for for him. Same thing. Same thing with a Zach Levine. You don't you don't yeah. gut your roster for guys like that. I agree. No. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Definitely. Did you did you hear the news about James Harden? No, I did not. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, I'm very highly critical of James Harden. <laughs> so uh, he came out recently and said that he has big regrets on how his tenure with the Rockets ended. How nice, right? Big regrets on how his tenure with the Rockets ended when he was the one who caused it. He Thanks. was the one who caused all of the issues. It wasn't Houston. It wasn't Houston. They gave him everything that he, he wanted. Yep. So it's like. Are you sorry that you were a jerk? Are you sorry that you were the one that really caused the issues? Because he's he had made a statement early in the week. I can't remember who he was talking to, but he had an interview. I think it was with Rachel Nichols. And he said that he got frustrated with Houston because he had to do all the scoring. He had to do all the the all the 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 offensive uh uh, uh haul for the for the team. But in my head, I'm like, wait a second. If I remember basketball well and i do i remember he had dwight howard in houston yeah and it didn't work out dwight wanted to kill him and he and he he ended up leaving then you have one of the most influential team building point guards of all time we see what he's doing in in phoenix right now phoenix looks very good yep yeah chris paul come here and they were a game away from winning the uh, getting to the NBA Finals, and you ended up destroying that relationship too because you didn't want to give Chris Paul 
the reins of the team. You didn't want to let him run point guard. It's your team. You want to play the way you play, and you weren't willing to sacrifice and give it up to Chris Paul. So all of a sudden, now you regret? All of a sudden, now you regret because you have two better players on your team now? But my thing is this. Everybody wants to talk about how the Nets are the most dynamic offensive team we've ever seen. Granted, yes, all three of those guys can be able to score 80 points total every night. But where are they getting the extra 40 points from? Where are they getting the extra 35 from? We're seeing that they have defensive issues. And what follows James Harden where he goes? Defensive issues because he's not a guy that plays any defense. But, yeah, he's come out and said, yeah, we have to have a better defensive uh, uh, team going forward. Excuse me? Excuse me? Where is it coming from? Your head coach has never played defense a day in his life. Your assistant coach, who was the head coach for your head coach when he was playing, don't believe in defense. You are a player that's never played defense. What are we talking about here? Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah he's he, he's a mess, bro. He's delusional. Mess. He's delusional, and he, yeah, he's a mess. That that Nets team cannot stop a nosebleed, bro. Can't stop like, a nosebleed. Bro, like, that's and that's the thing. That's what we talk about. Yeah, they're prolific scorers. Probably the most we've ever seen of all time, but only one of them plays defense, and right. that's KD. Yeah. Kyrie don't play no D either. Nope. So you got that, and what are you surrounding him with? You gutted your, your you gutted everything to get to get the big three. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're gonna have to make it work. You're going to have to put more effort on the defensive end, not just call out your teammates. You're going to have to make that effort. Right. And if you can't be willing to sacrifice and make that, then we all know exactly what we thought about you in Houston. You're not a winner. You, right. You're not gonna do what it takes to get over to get to that to get to that level. Yeah. Yeah, nah, listen, I, I 100% agree with you, man. Like, like, I've always had the same opinion about James Harden from day one. It's that the talent level is out of the out of this world. Like, he, we've never seen a guy can be able to score like that at that size, right? Other than Allen right. Iverson and stuff like that. 6'4", 6'5"-ish maybe. You know, this guy's scoring ability is tremendous. But his leadership qualities are terrible. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any. And we saw players take shots at James Harden out the door in Houston. You had guys like Boogie Cousins that was there. He's been there for a cup of tea, right? Hasn't been there long and is already throwing shade at guys like James Harden. John Wall, who's who, you know, he's had his issues in Washington, but we've never heard him be a bad teammate. I don't think he's a bad teammate. Not at all. It's just that his style of play is, you know, is not the the best. But... For those guys to be able to say, yeah, man, you know, he he wasn't even trying to win. He wasn't even trying to give this a chance. It's like, come on, yeah, man. Yeah. Come on. You and, can't come into a situation like that. You can't handle yourself like right. that. But that, but not not for nothing, too. This is my problem with NBA superstars and how the NBA is now is because the coaching, the, the coaching does, they don't, they don't hold superstars accountable anymore. Like no, they, they don't. Back in the day. They don't. They're babysitters. So, uh, Bro, and it's terrible. Like yeah. it can't be like that. Like if yeah. if I can't you if I can't hold you accountable, then what am I coaching for? Well, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like baseball, right, Brandon? It's like you know we, we don't have we don't have the the Tommy Lasorders. We don't have the the Buck right. Showalters anymore. We don't have those type of the managers that get into their players' faces and really try to motivate their guys like that. We have guys that are oh you know we understand how the players feel and we have to make sure that we coddle their egos and. Like, no, no. I, I'm a manager. If, if you don't do things my way, 
then you, you ain't be, playing. You're going to be sitting it's, on that bench. Yeah. You're sitting on that bench, and I'll call up some kid from the minors to be able to take your spot. I don't care how much money you're making. Like, that's how it, that's how yeah. it needs to get back to because there's no accountability. When, you, right. when you, you see how the players – I mean, look at Kyrie, bro. Kyrie literally said, like, you don't need a coach. Like, we, Anybody you know, like, can coach. What? what? Like, everyone's like, what? Like, when you hear that kind of stuff, you you could already tell, like, yeah, players definitely don't have any kind of respect for their coaches. Like, right, right. And, and, and that's why I love I love Tibbs because they, they're clearly buying in. And, and yeah. that's the difference that you see. And when you hold people accountable, you see how the players will play for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're going to play the players who want to play for you, and that's Absolutely. the way it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely agree with you. Uh, you know, moving moving the, 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 the topic to the All-Star game, we're having, you know, we're hearing a lot of players um, speaking out about All-Star weekend, that they don't want to participate in All-Star weekend. They don't think it's, uh, it's something that should be played this year. I think Adam Silver is in a tough spot. Uh, you know, they, they have to honor their TV contracts and stuff like that. The NBA is they're not making a ton of money right now. A lot of sports are suffering. Obviously, the NFL doesn't suffer like that. But, you know, we're going to see baseball suffer a little bit too. hockey. Basketball is going through it. Uh, what are your thoughts about the All-Star game? Do you are you on the player side of it or are you on the the uh the commissioner side and as well as the fan side of it because you know there's a lot of people that say hey listen this is a this is a game for the fans this is this is like fan appreciation weekend where you're giving back so you know where do you stand on this particular topic honestly i stand on the player side because it's like you know yeah of course as a fan do i want to see it yeah but you got to understand let's put everything into perspective we're going through this whole global pandemic you know what i'm saying they just did the whole you know you've seen how they did the bubble yeah. and everything and then now they had to you know they didn't want to start the season until like january and then they had to start it earlier right so with that being said yes give them the time to rest because they they they're gonna need it yes you know what i'm saying they're, they're gonna need it's just too many games like nobody's ever done that where the one in the bubble end in august yeah it was a it was a it was a shortest uh time uh, you know turnaround for in, in the history yeah, in sports history sports history 71 days it was seven so it's days. like you can't do that now god forbid if something happens to one of these players a major player like lebron or something like that in this all-star game then you're going to be wishing that you didn't have it. yeah so it's kind of like you don't never want it to get to that point i just feel like rest is a must yeah. Rest is a must. And, and, and I'm, I'm siding with the players wholeheartedly on it because I feel like if you were promised something in the beginning, then you should have stayed true to your promise. And then all of a sudden now we're having the game because before yeah. we weren't having the game. Exactly. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so at least if from the get go, when they agreed on it, you know, I can understand. They'll be like, OK, well, we signed up for this. We knew we were playing the all-star game. So we know how to we know how to take care of our bodies. Now right. you, you, you just put this on us. It's coming up really fast, and it's like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to do this. Like, right. and I get them, and 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 listen, I, I get the players 100 percent as a fan. Yes, I want to see it, but I understand where they're coming from, and they're not, they're not robots, bro. They're, they're human beings. They need rest. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think I side with the players. I just think, I think universally in every sport during this pandemic, we don't need an all star game. In baseball, nah. we don't need an all-star game. Hockey, we don't need an all-star. Like, just make it until we can be able to have, uh, uh, you know, more than 25% capacity in regards to fans being in the stands or, you know, what whatever they have it at now. Right. 
just just hold off. Like, you know, if you have an agreement or an arrangement with these TV deals, these TV contracts, listen, everybody has to adjust going forward with what's going on with this COVID. Like, if you guys want to kind of do something a little different for the All-Star Weekend, have a little bit more virtual interaction between fans and the players, you know, have have a have a 2K tournament between the players and, and fans, uh, you know, uh, ha- do something like that where they can be able to still enjoy time with their family rest, but also give the fans some some type of appreciation weekend where, you know, they, they can have some type of interaction with the players and still be nominated an all-star or whatever it is. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that the, that, that the NBA can be able to do. Have a, have a freaking talent contest, have a rap contest, like have so many different things. I have a rap battle. Like you can be able to have all the, all the, the players that are, that are, that are artists, they can be able to have a, like do, do something like that. But to have the all-star game or all-star weekend, I just think that it just, it just doesn't make sense this year. Nah, it do, it doesn't make sense this year. The only thing I feel bad is for Pete for the newcomers or for the people who never even got to. Yeah. The you right. know what I'm saying? So they're they're well rested. So of course they want to keep playing. So that's what I'm saying. There's two sides to it, but in the whole realm of everything, it's just it's just not a good idea. Yeah, man. I I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with you, man. So uh, who who do you think is going to represent the NBA Finals this year? Who gets out the east? Who gets out of the west? Well, I mean, I think it's. I think. I mean, I hate the Lakers, bro, but I think they're gonna repeat. I just think they. I just think they are. That's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. But from the east, I don't know who the hell's coming out the east. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like the east just looks. I just don't. I honestly don't know. I, I don't believe in the 76ers because I don't believe in Doc Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't like he'll always find a way to choke. <laughs> like so I, I and I just don't believe in that 76ers team. Like, yeah. you know, Embiid cannot be the focal point and Ben Simmons can't shoot. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like the same thing with Giannis. It's like he can't shoot either. So it's like when it, when they when you know, you know how it is when you play in half court and you're just trapping the man like he can't shoot the ball. Yeah. So and then Chris Middleton is he that second guy? Is he really that second guy? So I, I just honestly, man, I, I really don't know who is gonna come out the east. I, I don't think it's gonna be Miami again. Yeah. But I don't. I honestly don't know. The, but the obviously the the you know the team everybody wants to make it is gonna be Brooklyn. Yeah. But I don't know if they're gonna be able to because they can't. They can't play no. They can't play any kind of defense. Right. Right. So the, in a, in a the seven buyout, game series, like I don't know. The buyout market is gonna be very important for the Nets to see who they get. Um, in a seven game series, listen, they're gonna to be tough to to beat, but to beat, oh yeah, hundred percent. The thing with me is that the best ability is availability, and is Kyrie gonna be there? And James Harden is gonna be there physically, but mentally, we know that he collapses in the playoffs. So the only one that you can be able to rely on consistently is Kevin Durant. So we'll we'll see what happens with with Brooklyn. But I I said that. From the gate, once this trade uh, went down, I said they're still not better than Milwaukee. They're still not better than Boston, and it, it's Boston's a, a big letdown this they, year. They they are, but I I still will take Boston over Brooklyn. I would, I would, and you know the Sixers are surprising. That's a push too. I want to see how I want to see how Doc Rivers can be able to. To I think I think seventy six is X factors Tobias Harris. I yeah. think. I think I think how he performs in the playoffs is going to dictate how that team does. Well, that's true. And, you know, Doc Rivers, that's that's one of his favorites. You know, when he had him in L.A., 
you know, Tobias was really good with the Clippers when he was there. So now nah, he was. Um, so he you know, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. But I definitely, I agree with you that it's a it's a toss up in the in the in the Eastern Conference, which makes for 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 possibly a, a good playoff run. You know what I mean? No, nah, definitely. Yeah. I, I just can't I can't give you who I know in the East because I really I really don't know. I ain't gonna lie to you. I definitely I don't know. Well, I guess I I I'll ask you this: Does do the Knicks make the playoffs? Uh as of right now, I think they could fight for that play-in, you know, the, you know, somewhere around eight and nine. I think they're going to be around eight and nine all year. Yeah. I think they could, that's a, that's a, that's a definite possibility. Okay. You know, okay. I think they're going to be competitive enough to, to stay within, you know, that range, but I got to see what else they're going to do because I know they're not going to stand pat. Like Tom Thibodeau wants to win. He wants to win now. Like right. you can tell that's that mentality because that's how he feels, you know, the culture can change is by giving the young kids a winning mentality. Right. So I feel like they're not done with trades. I think they're still going to make some more trades. I don't know if it's going to be big superstars, but um, we'll see. And then, you know, depending on who they get, if they get anybody else will also dictate where they would move in the standings. Yeah, definitely, man. So, uh, you know, before we close out, I like to finish off with some rapid fire. So, you know, I'm just going to name off some names or you tell me who you would rather have over the other. Right. So uh, let's see. I'm just going to spit off some stuff. Herm Edwards or Rex Ryan, head coach for the Jets? Shit. Damn. <laughs> give me, damn, give me, give me Herm, man. Give me no, I'll get you. Herm Edwards? Okay, yeah, give okay. Herm. Give me All right. Um, Vinny Testaverde at quarterback or Chad Pennington? Oh, Chad Pennington. That, that, <laughs> that, that's not hard for me. Okay. Um, let's see. Better running back, Curtis Martin or Edgerin James? Curtis Martin, man. Listen, that's a jet bias right there. That's a jet bias. Yeah, no, Curtis Martin, man. I, it's not close. I love my man Curtis, man. He, <laughs> he, he was the truth, bro. He was the truth before he became a jet. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, Let's see. Let's stick with the NFL. Randy Moss or Terrell Owens? Randy Moss. Mm. Okay. Tom Brady or Joe Montana? Tom. Tampa Tom? Not Tampa Tom, but Tom. <laughs> he's now but, Tampa. He's now Tampa Tom. I can't. I, that's it. That's it. Damn Tom Brady. I hate him. Uh, let's let's move on to the to, to Major League Baseball. This is gonna be a tough one for you. Tino Martinez or Albert Pujols? Tino. Wow. Tino. Wow. And, 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 and I'm not saying Tino was a better. Tino wasn't a better overall hitter than Albert, but he was more clutch. Yeah. And he was a better defender. I agree. I agree. So I agree. that's the only reason why I'm going, going, going Tino purely off of, of, of being a winner. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Roger Clemens. Or Pedro Martinez. Shit, I gotta go. I gotta. Damn, man. <laughs> Ro, Ro, Roger, man. You going Roger? Okay. I, okay. I love Pedro. Don't no disrespect, but Ro, Roger, when he was, when he was in Boston, bro, those young years, yo, like, I, like, nah, he was, yeah. he was something different. Definitely, definitely, man. I agree. Um, this is this may be a tough one too. Nolan Ryan or Randy Johnson. 
Oh, that ain't tough for me, Nolan. Okay, okay, I, I'm I'm with you on that one too. This one, this one may be. I don't know. I don't know. It may. I think you, I know who you're gonna pick, but I, I'll say it anyway. Um, Mike Trout or Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, Ken Griffey. Okay. Ken Griffey. I mean, I, I mean, he's my favorite player. I would never pick anybody over my favorite, even if I thought he was a little better. No. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Mike Trout's better than Ken Griffey. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Barry Bonds or Hank Aaron? Hmm, that's tough. That's actually really, really tough. They're very comparable. Very, very tough. But I think I'm going to have to give the slight edge to Barry because only because of that 70 home run year. I mean, you couldn't pitch to the man, bro. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen anything like that. You know what's crazy is that the 73 year wasn't better than the year that he had after. Had after, yeah, 100%. He I mean, only, what did he have, like 200 walks or some crazy? 230 intentional walks. Yeah, like that's that's unheard like, of, bro. That's, and still and still hit 45 and still home runs. Four, yeah, that's that's unheard of. Like you could you like there was a point you couldn't pitch to that man, bro. Yeah, like yeah. You, you you like so that's why I'm gonna give the edge to Barry. Might be the greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Um, let's 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 get to basketball here. Um, Tim Duncan or Kevin Garnett. Oh man, damn! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to give the slight edge to Timmy, man. Okay, Timmy, Timmy gets a slight edge. Damn, man. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, let's see. I don't want to give you any easy ones because, you know, the, the, the Jordan thing is boring to me. I don't want to do that. Um, okay. Well, you could because, you know, I might not pick him. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, listen, I don't even want to speak his name on my podcast. Okay? <laughs> He's great, but we're not, we're not going to speak his name. Uh, LeBron James or Magic Johnson? LeBron. Okay, that's fair. Um, better big man, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Hakeem Olajuwon? In my opinion, your opinion, uh, I honestly like, I like Hakeem the dream better, but I, I mean, but Kareem is fucking Kareem. Excuse me. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I, damn, man. Give me, give me, give me, give me, um, Give me Kareem. I just feel like Hakeem don't get his just due. Yeah, a lot okay. of times. Okay, that's but again, fair. But yeah, but give me give me Kareem, man. That's fair. Re, uh, Reggie Miller or Ray Allen? Bro, <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me when I was a kid, but you know I used to be a big Reggie Miller fan. Oh my goodness! Don't 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 let people hear you, man. Don't let no, I, I ain't gonna front like real talk. Like my mom's gonna even tell you the story, bro. I cut my hair off bald to be like Reggie Miller one one year, bro. My brother cut me, cut my he cut oh, all my hair off bald, so I gotta go Reggie because I I loved Reggie as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reggie okay. Miller was one of my. He, I mean, bro, like. Ray, Ray Allen is probably one of the greatest shooters of all time. Right. But I just, I don't know. I, I love Reggie. Right. I'm going I'm to I'm have to say Reggie. Okay. Last one. <laughs> this is a good one. I, I love this one. Steph Curry or Allen Iverson? It's, uh, it's got to be Steph. As much as I love Allen Iverson, bro, I mean... Listen, man, he he'll never be the shooter that Curry is. Right. 
And and but Allen Iverson took that dog crap of a team <laughs> to the finals. And, re- and remember, Allen Iverson wasn't even six feet tall, and he and he has a career average of twenty seven points a game. That is un- that, that, that is re- re- ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is. But Steph Curry, like just like you talked about about you know that 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 goat talk and how a man has, you know, revolutionized the sport. He he's done that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's done that. Like he, he he literally has done that. So I have to I have to say Steph Curry. Okay, that's definitely fair. And last but not least, who do you think is the greatest athlete of all time in any sport? Man, I never even thought about that question. That's a <laughs> hard question, man. Off the top of your head, man. That's it. Honestly, if I mean, I don't even know who I would say now, but if I was a kid, I would I would always say Muhammad Ali. Okay, okay, that's fair. as a, as as a kid, like that's that's who like to me that's that's who I looked at as like he transcended a lot of things, like the gold standard. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I would have to say him when I was younger. Now, as an adult, I would have. to. I mean, it's got to still be Jordan, man. Okay. In my eyes. Okay. See, it's 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 either Jordan or or, or or Gretzky. Yeah. Well, listen, that's that's fair. I think Gretzky Gretzky revolutionized hockey to me. Oh yeah. It, um, like when you talk about like greatest of all time, I think the three that you mentioned is Jordan, Gretzky, and probably Joe Montana before Tom Brady. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With the seven rings. Those are the three that Eric, like you always knew. Right. Okay, those are those are good answers, man. I, I'm not like I said. This is not a a, a conversation where I'm going to dispute it. This is your opinion, and, and that's fine. But Brandon, it's it's been a pleasure, man. We were, you know, we had we had fun on this on, on this podcast, man. So it was, you know, it was definitely, it was it was great to have you on, and I'll definitely have you on again, man. Most definitely, I appreciate it, brother. All right, keep doing what you. you do. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right, brother. I'd like to thank my man Brandon for coming on the show. Like I said, I've known him forever. It's it's always a pleasure talking sports with him because, you know, me and him have the same same ideals on some things, on most things, but there's things that we we don't agree on and and it gets it gets real, you know what I mean? But um, you know, definitely shouts to him. Good dude. You know, the only problem is he's a Knicks fan, so um and a Yankee fan. And a Rangers fan. You, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. He's not a good dude. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Saturday. It's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we yeah, in the studio yeah. right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, listen. Shout out to the All Even Podcast, my oh, man he, Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, 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 What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, what you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast? Yeah, my nigga's the joint. What's up? Oh, even. Oh, even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this on something. Oh, even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump All Even Podcast, right? Yeah, All Not Even. Not All Even Podcast, right? All Even. All That's even. your man? My man. Alright, shout out to All Even Podcast. You cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Is he cool? Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. 
Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So, had no winner or candidate on Tuesday because there was no show. But we have one today. And man, is it a good one. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Chris Doyle, former strength and conditioning coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm going to throw somebody else in here, too. Urban Meyer, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both of these dudes are my because Chris Doyle was at the University of Iowa strength and conditioning coach. And there was a lot of stuff that went on there. You know, players said that he was racist towards the black players. Uh, He mistreated the black players. He bullied the black players. He he did a lot of bad stuff there. And he was, you know, released out of his contract. They bought him out. Hasn't been in football for a while. And all of a sudden, Urban Meyer comes along and says, Hey, Chris, want a job? Yes. Okay, you're hired. So let me get this straight. A guy can be able to be racist and intimidate, mistreat, bully, and then get rewarded with a buyout. So he got like over a million dollars from the University of Iowa for doing that. That's an actual reward, isn't it? So you can be able to be a jerk, be all these things, and still walk away with a million. Cool mill. And then everything is swept under the rug in regards to his buddy, Urban Meyer. Oh, it's all right that you can be racist and do all of these things. You're my friend for 20 years, so you're going to have a job. If this is not the epitome of white privilege, I, I, don't, I don't know what is. I wonder if this guy was black and did this to a bunch of white players. If he would actually ever sniff the light of day of having a head coaching job or any type of job around that particular sport or any sport. I wonder how that would go. However, Urban Meyer thought that he can be able to sling his power around, right? And hire a guy that he knows for 20 plus years and he's a good guy. Good guy and he's a racist. I don't understand how both of those things go together. But the fact that Urban Meyer thought that Jacksonville was so desperate to be able to be on the good side of Urban Meyer that they went along with this hire. Well, good thing about the media nowadays is that they don't forget. They don't forget. And this was not sitting well with a whole bunch of people. And he then stepped down or resigned due to he didn't want to be a distraction. So it wasn't the fact that he's a racist prick. It's the fact that he didn't want to be a distraction. That's the narrative they're going with. See what I'm getting here? So the fact that his checkered pass ain't the problem. It's a distraction. I wonder what 
black player would have been able to look this guy in the face and be like, yeah, I'll take advice from you. I'll be able to take all my strength and conditioning knowledge from you and apply it to my to, to my training regimen. No, 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 no. What would have happened is that one of those black players would have punched him in the mouth and they would have been justified doing so. Because this is the thing. People can be able to say, oh, well, I apologize. I apologize. I, that's not enough. Some people don't have to forgive you. You can apologize until the cows come home. They don't have to they don't have to accept your apology. And I think that's exactly where this dude is. Grand opening, grand closing. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. Got hired and fired in a span of 24 hours. It's great. But the thing is, with Urban Meyer, we're starting to see something now. He took this job because it was a great situation. You have Trevor Lawrence and you have all this money. Oh, I'm Urban Meyer. I can be able to flex my power. We're going to see how successful you are. Because once you start the struggle, people are keeping score. So maybe in a couple of years, you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, I have a, I have a medical condition so I have to walk away from the game. That'll be your excuse here too. Just like I was an excuse everywhere else. You can definitely know a lot about a person with the company that they keep. And if this is the guy that Urban Meyer considers a friend. You Jacksonville players better be very, very careful. But Chris Doyle, I'm telling you. You may be out of a job right now. But you, you, you already know my tagline. Burger King is hiring. They're always hiring. And I would love for you to pull that racist nonsense in the back with those people. Because they like to fight. <laughs> people and employees at Burger King love to fight. So I don't know if you want to bring that type of smoke back there flipping those burgers, my man. And for the head coach, I'm telling you, this is a bad, bad Way to start your regime. Start the Urban Meyer era. Can't wait to see how this dumpster fire is going to turn out. I hope, I hope that Trevor Lawrence ends up panning out the way everybody thinks it is. Because if he doesn't, you already know what's going to happen. Urban Meyer is going to be like Red Fox. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, this is the big one. And definitely going to quit. I'm telling you. <laughs> ah. Urban Meyer and Chris Doyle. You guys are public enemy number one and two big idiots right now. But you are winners. Big winners for dummies of the week. That's all for this show. That's all for this week. I'll see y'all next week. And until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.